You are listening to the Desire to Retire podcast. The podcast that reduces that sense of feeling overwhelmed when you think about your retirement. You can go from woe to wow with your retirement plan. I'm your host, Estelle Kelly. Now, on with the show. Today, I'm interviewing Rob Horton. Now, welcome to the Desire to Retire podcast. Uh, Now, I know that Rob is a busy person, so I really appreciate your time with us today, Rob. And the purpose of um, chatting with Rob today is to discover his journey towards retirement. Rob is a retired teacher. Um, So firstly, Rob, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm uh, in my mid-60s. I retired a couple of years ago. And uh, after teaching mostly English um, at the same school for 39 years. So I think that probably says something about my level of enjoyment and engagement at the school I taught at. I loved it, and uh, for the most part. And, um, you know, it was, it's a school, that, a boys' school that, that has a very broad sporting program, and I've always enjoyed sport. So, um, you know, I taught some PE there in the early days for probably 10 or 12 years and then moved completely into the English department, and I was deeply involved in the school's sporting program. So I, I coached rowing and um, basketball for many, many years and, and thoroughly enjoyed all of those extracurricular activities. Um, I loved school myself, I guess, and I suppose most people who teach must have enjoyed their schooling experience. I can't figure out why you'd go into teaching if you didn't enjoy your school. Yeah. So I, I loved it and I particularly enjoyed the relationships I had with, with um, staff um, who I got to know outside the classroom through sport, uh, as well as them being my teachers. So I, I wanted that appeal to me. And uh, so I've, I've, that was really a, a guiding principle through my teaching career to, to, to get to know kids and help them inside the classroom and outside the classroom. So, you know, I, I derived a lot of enjoyment um, over those years and, and, uh, and there you are. That's 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 my schooling career. I'm married, and and we have three grandchildren. Uh, they're in their twenties. Um, they've been to university, and and like many other kids their age, they're you know struggling a bit to find the work or the, the employment that they desire. Yeah. And it's been made a bit harder, of course, because of COVID and what have you. But look, we we plot along. We we I think we enjoy a, a really blessed life and it's it's just great to be a part still be a part of it yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so as you said previously yeah. it's better than the alternative absolutely <laughs> right and uh you know you we're very grateful for our lives and and all of the experiences that we've we've had together and now we're in a, a good place and I feel that I'm in a, as good a place now as I've ever been so wow Retirement has been very good for me. That's really great to hear, Rob. And uh, thank you for sharing that with us. So obviously all that experience and the fact that you mostly enjoyed your teaching career, that's really so good to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Okay, so um, let's uh, start uh, with when did you start thinking about the possibility of retirement? Uh, you know, was it, um, did it come upon you suddenly or was it something that you just took your time, you, you had a plan and you followed it? Well, I, as I approached, uh, yeah, when I'd been there for 35 years, my goal was to get to 40. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so, uh, and then I was going to really consider retirement. But, but as, those, as I got into that stretch of the last five years, I guess uh, over the last two, two years probably of my teaching career at the school, uh, it, retirement started to loom on the horizon and I, I just felt that, I don't know, time was accelerating and, and perhaps I, I wasn't sure if I could make the 40 and as it turned out, I couldn't. I, I decided at 39 that uh, that was enough and it was the right time for me and you know, people always say it's a bit cliched, but they always tell you, you know, when it's time, you know, when it's time. And, and, and I, I felt that it was time and it, it happened. So it happened quite quickly at the end. Okay. And, uh, and it was the best decision I ever made. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can't believe my timing. And I, I don't have great timing in life generally, but gee, this was a, this was perfect for me. Mm. Oh, well, well, congratulations for getting it just right because it yeah. can be a struggle for people. I'm um, sure. Yeah. And uh, talking about struggles, were there uh, sort of struggles that you could identify in arriving in that place where it was just right after 39 years of being a, a teacher? Well, only, only towards the very end. And, and it's, I, I was struck... I, I, I had some health issues towards the end of my career and I, and I felt that they were related to my workplace. Um, you know, I found the workload um, was, was never lightened. It, it, there was, and people in all careers will tell you that, you know, things are always added. Things are always added to your workload and, and not much is ever taken away. And I, I felt that. Um, I... As I said, I, I did have some um, minor health issues, but they were they were concerning and uh, you know cause for worry. Um, and so that was one side of it. The second side was um, issues in the school that that weren't necessarily related to the classroom or the the sports field. So. They not they, I wouldn't classify them as personal issues, but just I, I suppose policies and things that were instituted by the school that that I found challenging and and difficult to um, work within. So you know there was a, a feeling of uh, it's difficult to to really explain this clearly, but they were like extra weights that had just been placed on my shoulders. And it was, it was, that encouraged me to think far more seriously about stepping out and mm. pursuing other interests. Mm. So um, I can um, uh, hear that sense of the weightiness of the changes in school policies and possibly procedures. I'm just curious, Rob, um, were they were those policy changes maybe reflecting uh, social changes that were going on in our broader society, 
or um, was it uh, more for you a feeling of, look, I know this is the way good teaching happens and these new policies aren't good teaching? What was going on there? I don't, I don't know that I'd be that um, sure of myself, but I, I, in terms of judging teaching policy and so on, but I often felt that um, the directions that were imposed on us in how we were going to teach a body of knowledge to students and how that interaction in the classroom was to take place. I found that um, it, it just was slightly against the grain. It, it didn't reflect what I felt actually works in the classroom. Mm. So I had that to deal with and did my best. Um, there were Regarding social change, that's a great question. I've often wondered you know, it's the chicken or the egg thing. Do, do schools reflect social change or does, does social change reflect what's happening in schools? And I still don't really know the answer, but but I felt that, that or I've always felt that schools need to be as good as they can be. And I think they need to, young people in, really work within boundaries and they, and not that I'm a strict disciplinarian, but I, I feel that there are boundaries and rules and, and just ex expectations in terms of behaviour and interaction with each other. And, and I did feel towards the end that these were, were being undermined, not so much from without, but actually from within. And I, I, I struggled to deal with that. But, you know, I'd been there a long time and, you know, I'm not saying I was right, but maybe I was wrong, but that's how I felt. And mm -hmm. I think that, in, that led me closer to retirement. So it wasn't but, how it used to be for you? Um, well, it wasn't that, but I, I feel that I, I loved teaching and I, I really did enjoy the classroom environment for most of my career. I thought it was a great place for me. I'm not only speaking about me. I just, I enjoyed it. I loved the audience. I loved kids. I loved I love teaching Shakespeare and poetry of the First War and what have you. It was always a great source of personal fulfilment and pleasure for me. And I think my kids responded to it really well overall. I mean, not everyone likes the poetry of First World War poets. I mean, let's be honest. But um, I felt that I was, I did feel confident in my ability to teach and to teach in a way that encouraged students to want to read and um, want to write about those things and want to think about issues. So mm -hmm. for me, the classroom was always a, a place of challenge and, you know, to question kids and to have them defend their position and for me to defend mine and, and let's make an argument or, you know, try and use our brains to, to work, unpack this material in a, in a sensible way. So that was always my driving philosophy in, in the classroom. Uh, I, I found that there were other uh, impositions though. There were things that got in the way and, and in particular assessment. Um, okay. I feel that there's far too much assessment. <laughs> right. School. Yeah. And uh, instead of teaching, not enough time is devoted to teaching now rather than mm. as it's shifted towards assessment and other things. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much a data-driven environment these oh, days, very much. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And the, and the reporting process goes hand in hand with that because you can't 
you can't separate the two. Once you start, you know, assessing people, you need to report on that. Mm. And then there are consequences to that reporting, that, which requires more assessment and then more reporting. And it's just, mm. it just keeps going. And it's, it's sometimes you feel overwhelmed by, by the paperwork and all of the, that extraneous business beyond the teaching of knowledge and the sharing of knowledge in the classroom. Yeah. But I was an English teacher, so I might have a different, slightly different view to some of my colleagues because I've, there's no question that English is the best subject. We all know that. <laughs> we, we all know that in our hearts and in our minds. So, you know, it was because English is not, it, well, it's about far more than just communicating, isn't it? It's about mm-hmm. thinking and how we interact with others and how we perceive character and how we recognise the world we live in so such an important field of study (laughs) and and that's reflected in uh, the final year of secondary school here in victoria in australia english is a compulsory subject isn't it yes yeah so yes it is and uh yes (laughs) (laughs) it backs up your argument (laughs) that's vital I've, i've made my argument so so my yes, grandson. I'm a, I'm a bit biased. Okay, I'll admit that. <laughs> I I think I, I could never imagine. I, I suppose it must be great fun to teach physics and chemistry and those. But I can't imagine it's as enjoyable <laughs> as teaching English. You ask my grandson's <laughs> maths teacher. Okay, <laughs> see what he yeah. thinks of it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's terrific, Rob. Thanks so much for sharing that with us and the, that sense of the, the load getting heavier. That's mm. um, unfortunately it is the experience of um, teachers as they've um, been in the career for maybe several decades. <laughs> Yours was nearly four, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Um, for you, when you were thinking uh, about retirement, what were the top three concerns that you had? Oh, well, I've actually written a couple of notes here on that. I had to think about that. Um, firstly, what I would do with my time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was the school environment is a very, very busy one. And my school had Saturday sport and there was an expectation that we, we would go on camps and that if we were coaching senior teams, you know, there were sports camps as well. So, and I, I loved all of that. I'm not being critical of those sorts of things, but I, I thought my life was so busy at school that if I, once I took the foot off the pedal, I wondered how I would fill that time. That was one concern that I had. And as it turns out, Estelle, it hasn't been an issue at all. <laughs> okay. And I sometimes feel busier now than I was at school, but I enjoy it more. So, you know, so that was one thing, what I would do with my time. Mm-hmm. The second issue I, I was a bit worried about was how I would maintain social networks. You know, you know I was leaving a lot of colleagues behind and, and I had some really good friends on staff, but I knew from experience that when people leave the common room, it's, it doesn't take very long for, um, not for them to be forgotten, but those relationships are hard to maintain because those you leave behind are still, you know, they're at the work face, they're working hard, they're tired, they're, 
those sorts of things. So it's not easy, I think, to maintain relationships with teaching colleagues. Mm. Um, and so I took steps. Oh, that might be the next question. But so that was one thing, how I would establish or, or establish not only maintain a social network, but maybe establish a new one. Mm. I was I, That was a thing. And thirdly, um, just saying goodbye to, to a career that I had derived so much pleasure from that, mm. you know, it's a big step. And mm. uh, some people, I knew colleagues who, who, you know, didn't survive very long after they retired. And I, you know, I, I've always felt that was very sad and I didn't want that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So I was determined to, you know, make sure that I had things to do and purpose, I suppose. Mm. So can I just um, um, work that out a little bit? When you said survive, Rob, do you mean they actually passed away? Yes. Oh, I wondered if... Only a few. Yeah. Only a few. And they'd, they'd been long-serving teachers at, at this school, like me. Mm-hmm. And you know they were parts of the furniture, I suppose, and and they left, and we wished them well, and then within a year or two, they were gone. And I, you know, I, it's just tremendously unfortunate, I think, of course. But you know, the whispers were that they didn't know what to do; that mm-hmm. they they were a bit lost, and. They struggled to find meaning and, and identity, I suppose, once they had left this place behind. Well, that was what I was I, was, I understood that. Mm. And I, so I worked, I was determined, you know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen next in this life. But I was determined to have a really good crack at it and... Mm develop some interests that I'd always had, but I wanted to dive into those more fully mm. than I'd ever had the time to do. Yeah. And I've done that. And yeah. that's been fantastic. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, okay. Um, the, uh, you've mentioned some of the workplace issues, you know, that um, increasing of the workload and the, the difference um, in philosophy and um, the way th- yep. education was being rolled out at uh, the time. So were there any other issues in the workplace that you felt as if finally I'm not going to make it to 40 years of a career, I'm going to call it quits? Well, I, I guess... So that, that I, I had a, a feeling that the writing was on the wall and, and those, let, the, those words that I was seeing on the wall were, might have been um, vague, you know, opaque a, a few years before I retired, but then they, they fairly quickly sharpened up. And um, I think that sort of uh, supports the view that, that it happened quickly. It, it wasn't a long time coming. It was really only in the last two or three years of my career. Yeah. And, you know, our kids were growing up too. I think that's a factor that, that the kids were growing and we'd seen them through school and university. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, I, I suppose I, went, I, I thought, well, my job is done. You know, I, I've, 
I've really accomplished or helped them or seen them this far. Um, what else would I like to do? You know, I'm in reasonable shape. I, I, I do try to look after myself and, um, you know, I feel that I have, I hope, I pray that I have many years left. And yeah. there are just things I, I want to do and yeah. rather than be tied to the, the bell and to morning assembly and assessment and getting all of this work done this weekend and, you know, it's no thanks. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was it really. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's quality of life and while I was teaching and enjoying it, I felt that I had a terrific quality of life. My family was growing up. We were busy. We we had plenty to do. We and then we had work as well. And I'm married to a school teacher, so mm -hmm. you know we had this confluence of factors, I suppose, and it all just came together at the right time for me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so now when you reflect back, it's not really detrimental to you as the person you are, the fact that you didn't make it to 40 years of a... Doesn't bother me in the least. And the, the strangest thing of all is that having spent 39 years there, and don't tell anyone, but I've <laughs> rarely thought about the school. I, it just doesn't, I don't even think about it. My mind has just shifted into this other <laughs> life. And, uh, you know, I, I have a very fine place, warm place in my heart for the school. I do. I loved it and I wish them well. Yeah. But I don't miss it. And, uh, and I haven't missed it for a mm -hmm. second since mm -hmm. I left. Yeah, that's, that's Isn't that amazing? Common, that's a very common phrase I hear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I hear that you've got a family and, uh, and a partner who's also a teacher. So I imagine those uh, were part of your thinking around when you were going to retire. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, only perhaps um, unconsciously that, as I said, I, I felt that, you know, the kids have grown up. They're young adults now. Mm -hmm. And my partner, Jennifer, is she'll be working for a few more years. I've explained to her that she needs to work for probably another 15, but she to maintain a lifestyle. But, no, she doesn't. She dismisses that. Mm -hmm. That's a joke, Estelle. That's, that's humour. <laughs> okay. Right. And, uh, but she'll go for another three or four years, we think. Mm, and it's just the right time of life. It just seems to be a natural mm. step to me or yeah. to both of us, really. So, yeah. yeah, the kids have grown up. They're, you know, starting their own lives and girlfriends yeah. and boyfriends and yeah. just getting on with it. And, and, and they have, I suppose you could say they have less to do with us. So, mm. and that's okay too. So, you know, we have a lot of time, or yeah. I do in particular. Yeah. And speaking of that time, how do you spend your time and your energy now, Rob? Well, I have, um, I was sure to um, develop my workshop um, before I retired. So I, I invested in some machinery 
And I, I have a small workshop, but I've always had an interest in wood and woodworking. I've just never had the time to do any. So, I, you know, I bought a table saw and a drill press and various other things and a wood lathe. And I've spent a lot of time in the cave, um, you know, making little boxes and Christmas ornaments and bowls and, and whatever. And I find that that is just always time well spent. You know, I, I love it down there. Got the radio on. It's uh, you can probably picture it, and it's it's just a beautiful place. The only thing is the dust, Estelle. Oh. It's the dust. Tell That's, me about the dust. It's hard to manage dust in a in a wood workshop. So, but I persevere and. Uh, that's probably my main interest, I suppose, is woodworking. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a keen gardener. Mm -hmm. I get that from my mother. And um, so I like to spend a lot of time in the garden when I'm not turning something on the lathe. Mm -hmm. And just recently I've taken up golf again. I, I played quite a bit in my 20s mm -hmm. and I always thought I was okay. I, I thought I could play a bit and I've just taken it up again and, and I've it's, oh, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving hitting golf balls and I and I've started having a few games, but it, that's my latest passion. So I'm really diving into golf at the moment. I had to lower my handicap a bit. So I think hobbies and interests are the key that for me, mm. I think a person who faces, you know, years and years of retirement, they need to maintain they need to keep going and, and have purposeful interests mm. that they enjoy and that, that's really got their name on it. And this is what I do, you know, and I, I'm not saying I'm very good at woodwork. I'm getting a bit better, but, oh, it's good fun. And, <laughs> and so is the golf and that keeps me active. And the gardening, I find, you know, a few hours in the garden, um, that's a good workout. That's a really um. good workout. Yeah. And you and I have worked on with Rotary <laughs> yeah. in their gardening projects. And we know how hard, you know, that's a good physical session, isn't it? Yes. I find that's really, really good fun. Yeah. So I like to be physical, and uh, but I have, I think I have really special interests as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, Rob, our time is drawing to a close. Okay. Yeah. So, um, for you, what are the benefits to you and, and the others around you, close to you, of you making this choice to retire? Well, first and foremost, I think the quality of, quality of my health. I, I've, I've got a pretty good, um, I'm in a good place physically and emotionally and, you know, psychologically. So I, I don't have the, the anxiety that I think I was falling into towards the end of my career my physical health has improved out of sight I'm so I, I'm confident that you know I, I'm confident touch wood that everything's okay and uh, that I have a long time left so that's the main thing and that that's you know very helpful <laughs> mentally and uh, and I you know I'm as I said I'm mid-60s and I I want to hit 80 and still feel, you know, pretty good at 80 mm -hmm. and maybe get to 90. Uh, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to make every post a winner. Yeah. So it's a very, for me, retirement has been a very personal um, journey, mm -hmm. but one that has 
taken a load off my shoulders and given me a freedom, a sense of freedom that I, I hadn't known for a long time. Yeah. So that's been really positive. Uh, it's great to be here most of the time. I love being home. So I'm always here when the kids come in and when Jennifer comes in and it's just nice to see them, you know, at the end of the day and because it's just me and the dog really and for most of the day. During COVID it was slightly different because they were working from home and so on, but now it's getting back to normal. So the kids are gone during the day, but they, they come in and I'm here when they come home. So we can, you know, have a chat and talk it over and see what's happening. It's it's just good fun. So um, that's probably those are the two most important things. So physically yeah. and mentally I'm in a better place and it's nice to have more time with my family. Yeah. Now. Rob. And the dog. Yeah, of course. You can't forget the dog. <laughs> Look, Rob, um, we are going to finish now. I just appreciate your time so much and also your openness in sharing your story. Um, I well, believe, yeah, I believe that um, it will be a benefit to other people who well, I have so. you know, a similar I'm, experience. Yeah. Yes. I, I, we're all different, but, but I recommend retirement. I recommend <laughs> it. And as long as you have direction and you, there are things that you want to do and you can do them. Absolutely. Mm. And if you haven't got those things, I think you need to work actively to create them, find yeah. them. Yeah. Don't go into retirement with nothing to do. I, no. Can we use that as a quote? It's not, it's not <laughs> rocket science. I bet it's not original either, but you, <laughs> you keep going. Your life doesn't stop when you stop working. Yeah. You know, you keep going. And as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, I, I just... That's what it's all about, I think, yeah. in a responsible way and, you know, just finding good things to do with your time. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a great time of life, great part of my life. That's fabulous to hear, Rob. Go. Congratulations for working <laughs> at it and achieving it. That's really good work on your part. Okay. Well, it's, um, you know, I've had plenty of help. I've, uh, Jennifer is fantastic, as you know. and uh, Yeah. You know, we're good with our kids and they're pretty good. They put up with us and, you know, it's, it's a good place. So, yeah, things could be a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, thanks so much, Rob, for your time okay. today. That's and my pleasure. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the day. <laughs> I will. I might go and hit some golf balls. Okay. That's okay. a great idea. Right. All thanks, right. Thanks, Rob. Estelle. Yeah, good luck, bye. everybody. Bye, bye, -bye. now. You have been listening to the Desire to Retire podcast. Want to check out how well you are progressing in planning for your retirement? To gain some clarity on planning a meaningful retirement, try the simple, no-cost tools or access this special three-part podcast series at retirementlife.coach. I am your host, Estelle Kelly. Thank you for listening.